因为你开始认识认知说他心所渴望的你也开始渴望同样一件事。We know the father equally is looking for sons who are after his own heart。所以我们的父也在找这些儿子，他们是啊合乎他心意的人。Like we know, uh, the Bible talks about David as a man after God's own。我们知道大卫圣经说他是合乎神心意的人。One because he does, he did everything. Uh, in the Lord's will. And so, as we begin that maturing as, as a, a, unto sonship, we begin to walk with the Lord and begin to see and, and know His heart. We begin to understand His wonderful purpose for us. That He desires for us to be more like His Son. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and because we understand and we know what the, was on the, what is on the Father's heart and what He desires to do, that ought to produce that spiritual longing in our own hearts. For what is yet to come. For that which had the time has not reached. And as we read in Romans, even all of creation is groaning for this. All of creation is waiting for the manifestation, the revelation of the full maturity of the sons of God. So there, there are like two words that Paul uses here in Romans that, that speak on that. The first is this, when he speaks of this phrase, anxious longing or earnest expectation, depending on your translation. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now that, that Greek word to describe that earnest that Greek word for earnest expectation. 那个且望等候, 这个, 这个希腊原文, it means um thinking forward. 就是你, 就是, Literally in Greek it actually means head outstretched. <coughs> So you know our our, our brother uh, Apostle Paul must have uh, must have really liked the Olympic Games or something because he writes a lot about he uses the description of a runner in a race, right? And this phrase elicits the same idea. If you ever watch like a sprint, a race, you know when the runners are racing towards the finish line. You know, in order to get a bit of a, um, you know, a, 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 like to advance ahead and try to win, they would often like stretch out this way with their head out, outward so that they can cross the finish line first. And 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 the and the idea, and I think Paul is trying to illustrate, is this idea that we are uh, in our in our in our running, 
con- looking to win the race, our head is constantly outstretched, thinking forward. So, so that is like there is that that is expectation, that longing forward. And then the second word of course is this matter of the groaning. Now the Greek word for that, again I won't I won't use the word, but the Greek word for that uh means feeling intense eternal internal pressure. And it's often translated as a moan or a sigh. Um, and as, as you can tell from this matter of internal pressure, and also the word that also uses travail and the, the, the childbearing, that's what it kind of uh, describes that gives that uh, impression. 呃，这个母亲快要生小孩那个压力一样。And so there is an inward groan from the spirit within。所以在里面就有一种叹息。And it's crying out for something that is yet to come。然后在那边呼求一个还没有来的一件事情。And as we know, we read all creation is longing and groaning. They're waiting for the full restoration um, at the coming of the world.我们知道整个宇宙都在等候这个神种子的。they're waiting that the Lord would restore all of creation to its original purpose. As such, creation is waiting for its salvation. And they're waiting for the full maturation of the saints. That the sons of manifestation of the sons of God. So, in this matter of groaning, uh, you know, as as we mentioned, like it's often described as a moan or a sigh. But that sounds it sounds negative. Because, because spiritual groaning is not a it's not a cry of despair. Uh, you know, you're, we're, we're, not called, we're not to be those that go around looking all depressed and like, oh. The spiritual groaning is a cry of hope. We know that the Lord has this eternal purpose and a purpose for each one of us to be worked out. And as we read in Second Corinthians, that promise is sealed with the guarantee of the Holy in the Holy Spirit. And it mentions that we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now if you know first fruits implies the beginning of the harvest. Which means there is the full harvest yet to come. And so there is that spiritual groaning, you know, there it, 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 that, that cry of expectation. It is because it is because we have already received the foretaste of what the, the goodness of the Lord. We have experienced the Lord even now today. And it, and it is like the manna from heaven. But just as it is, just as like the Israelites who were walking through the wilderness receiving this manna, 
It was to be but a foretaste of the fruits of the promised land that was to come. And so in speaking of this matter of walking through the wilderness, in 2 Corinthians, Paul describes that our earthly bodies are like that of tents and ta- tents or tabernacles. As a, as a contrast to uh, the heavenly body uh, that we are to receive. We know it, he, he contrasts this matter of our temporal bodies versus the eternal body. And almost going so far as that those of us who live in tents are like those that are unclothed. And it speaks of the you know the very fragility and the temporary state of what a tent should be. You know that those that have gone camping know tents are like very fickle things. You try to set them up but a big wind could blow it away. You you try to you when if you if you ever uh, pitch the tent and it's cold weather, you get in there it's still freezing. But if it's hot weather, for some reason it's hotter inside. Like it's like a tent is just a very temporary dwelling. And there's a longing for something more permanent. And therefore, even though we remain in these earthly tents, as we sojourn, as a sojourn in these lands in these days, the spirit, we ought to be groaning and longing for the, 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 the eternal things that is to come. The life of a and therefore spiritual this groan this matter of groaning, spiritual groaning should be the the epitome of what a sojourner ought to be. We know a li- the life of a sojourner is not an easy life. We suffer, there's many hardships. You're wandering in, in, in an unknown land. But as, as, as Paul highlights and describes talks, and talks about in terms of the, the sufferings uh, that we go through, you know, the, these ought to just heighten the experience of our, our groaning within. And as we, we read in, in, in Romans, uh, uh, chapter, uh, um, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 17, for our light affliction, but for a moment, um, um, is uh, producing a, a, a working far more exceed, far more exceeding internal weight of glory. Uh, 
，呃，就对。我们这自战自轻的苦楚，要为我们成就极重无比永远的荣耀。We see this、uh, this life of a sojourner. 看到这个寄居的人他的生活。Uh, we see it exemplified in the life of Abraham. 你就看到在亚伯拉罕他一生，你就看出来了。Uh-huh. And I want and I wanted to use a few examples in Abraham's life to highlight this. 然后我就用亚伯拉罕他一生的一些的例子来解释。Um, let's first, uh, first let's, let's turn to Hebrews chapter eleven. 我们看希伯来书第十一章。I'm going to read uh, uh, verses eight through ten. 我们读第八节到第十节。Hebrews eleven eight through ten. 希伯来书十一章八到十节。By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham, in the faith, 蒙召的时候就遵命出去，往将来要得为基业的地方去。出去的时候还不知往哪里去。他因着信就在所应许之地做客。好像在一地居住帐篷，与那同盟一个应许的以色以撒雅各一样，因为他等候那座有根基的城，就是神所经营所建造的。啊，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，我，他被呼召离开他本族本家。And by faith he 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 went to 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 Canaan. 他借着信心，他就往迦南地区。And he wandered that land、uh, as a sojourner. 然后他在那边漂流，就是又以寄居的名分。But in his wandering, he had this vision. 但是虽然他在那边是在啊、uh, 漂流，但是他是有意向的。And、he waited for the city which has found, which、uh, has foundations. 他是等有根基的城。Whose builder and maker was God. 啊，建造的人就是神。What did Abraham see? 那亚伯拉罕看到的是什么呢 ？What is it that would constrain him in such a way that he would be willing to walk a land as a as a stranger as an alien? 那他看到什么？他愿意做寄居的呢 ？So. If we look at Abraham's life first, in talking about sojourning, there I, I want to look at three points of how a sojourner ought to walk. So, you 看到一个寄居的人，我要提三点，他这个这个行啊，他的过程。Number one, the the a sojourner is an alien. 这个寄居的人，他其实是一个陌生人。Meaning he、um, he's in a land that is not his home. 他是一个呃呃呃。外外来的人，就是这个不是他的家。We read in Philipp、uh, Philippians chapter three that our true citizenship, our true home is in heaven. 所以我们刚读过，就是我们的呃，我们的呃家是在天上。And yet we are are sojourning in these lands. 但是我们确实在这个地上做寄居的人。But we, when we see、um, Abraham, 当我们看到亚伯拉罕的时候 ，Now he was a he was a prince. 
He was richly blessed by God. Yeah. But in but if you see his walks his walking in faith, several examples you see how he exemplified one who was looking for the eternal things. I point to two occasions where Abraham exemplified that life that is detached from this world. We recall in Genesis 14 that Abraham went to war with several kings in order to rescue his nephew Lot. And you know he won a great battle. It was uh, it was uh, versus uh, you know five kings. And at the end he um, went after the after the victory. You know he came and then the priest the Melchizedek the high priest blessed him. And then also. Um, the king of Sodom, who he was uh, one of those that he was um, one of those that lost, and he had went to um, go and rescue his uh, uh, nephew Lot. Sodom, the king, he came and 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 told Abraham, "You can have all the things that you just uh, you know all these things." He said to Abraham, "You can take these things and take them." So in verse uh, Genesis 14, verse 21, he says, "Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, 'Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself.'" Verse 22, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything as yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. So, Doma, Wang Dui, Yabolahan, Yabolahan, so, Ni Ba Renko, Gaywo, Taiwu, Ni Tiji, Nachu, Nachu, Yabolahan, Yabolahan, Dui, So, Doma, Wang, so, 我已经向天的地的主至高的神耶和华启示，凡是你的东西，就是一根线、一根鞋带，我都不拿，免得你说我使亚伯拉罕富足。So you see, he rejected these all, rejected these gifts from the king of Sodom. 他拒绝这个所罗马王所给他的，and probably made an enemy out of him. 继续。but then, but then we read in uh, the uh, beginning of the next chapter that the Lord came to Abram. And said, "Do not be afraid, Abram, because I am your shield, your exceedingly good, great reward." So we see once again the Lord revealed Himself as the one who provides everything and and, and is the one that the, the Abraham was dependent on. And then the second thing I see, we see is his is a bit his way his his quote rejection of the attachments of family. Rejection, rejection of uh, family. Attach, because we read, we won't read it because it's very familiar to us. But we know in Genesis 22 that Abraham was willing to give uh, sacrifice his son Isaac, the son of promise that the Lord blessed, uh, promised him. So we know that in Genesis 22, he was willing to do it. Um, and then. Um, and then, and then, oh, and then, at, at that time, that's when the Lord revealed Himself in a, a new name, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. 
那个时候，神就显明他自己是耶和华以勒，就是神会预备。And there's also a third obscure, uh, uh, story.啊，第三个故事，啊， if you remember in Genesis chapter twenty-three，就在创世纪第二十三章里，when Sarah had died，莎拉死之后，Abraham had sought to get a cave to bury his wife. And he, was, uh, and he was talking with the people there. And he offered to buy this piece of land, this field where this cave was. And Ephraim the Hittite. But he the 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 one who owned this field. Uh, had offered just to give it to him. But, but Abraham was not willing to do that. And he, he said, I, I have to pay you the full value for this. And I thought it was an interesting story because of all the times that all, the whole life of Abraham as he was sojourning through these lands, that he was only that was the only piece of property that he technically owned. But yet he was not willing to receive it as a gift from this world. He trusted that the Lord was going to provide that city. He led he was led by this heavenly vision of the city. And because of that, he was able to be the one who was detached from this world. So I ask you, what is our focus? Is our focus on the temporal, earthly things of this world? Does the earth continue to have a pull on you? You know, it's often times at the times when we look at, uh, you know, when, when, there, when we're faced with death, we begin to... Um, Look back and and feel a little bit of attachment to the things that we're 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 about to give up. So we have been to many um, funerals in the past. Very very traditional like Chinese funerals. And I used to marvel at the why people were um you know they used to burn up paper money. And they and they burn up paper houses and burn up paper clothes. And this, this, you know, besides the fact that it's just producing smoke and the smell. I always ask, like my mom was like, why did they do that? They do that so that they would have those things when they go to their next life. Still feel a oh, and a paper car too, like a nice car, paper though. It's like they're so so attached to these things of this world that they still want these things whenever they go wherever they're going. But is that our longing? We groaning for the things that we don't have. Are we not to groan for the the promise that the Lord has given us? 
thing that is we 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 know um he has sealed us with that promise of the Holy Spirit. The second thing about sojourning is a sojourner is a stranger in the land. So not only are they aliens, that meaning they don't belong there. But they all, but they ought to feel like they are strangers, like they, you know, the people there are not like them. So we look at um, 1 Peter chapter 2. We look at Peter chapter 2. We know this verse very well. Verse 9. And 10. So I will actually read from 9 through 12. Okay. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be, they may by your good works which you, they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. The美德，你们从前算不得子民，现在却做了神的子民。从前未曾蒙怜悯，现在却蒙了怜悯。亲爱的弟兄啊，你们是客旅，是客居的。我劝你们要啊，警醒肉，叫警戒肉体的私欲
are not like those of, of, of this world. And that and, and God called Abraham to live in such a way. Not like those in this land in this in this land of Canaan. They, they worship idols, they do all these things. He called them to be he called them to be something uh, much different. Same and similarly he called and he chose the, the people of Israel as his as his nation. To be unlike any other nation in, in, in this world. To be unlike any of people. In this land, they were to be his holy people. And so, therefore, not only do we sojourn as strangers, but we also ought to be sojourning in holiness. Even though we live as those living in tents and tabernacles, we were reminded, even a tabernacle, when the Lord established that in Exodus, it was a holy tabernacle. Because that's where the Lord wanted to dwell in the midst of his people. That's where he were to meet with his people. We are to be his holy tabernacle even today. So not only do we sojourn as aliens detached from this world, but as Peter warned us, as, as, as those that are sojourners and pilgrims, we need to abstain from the, the fleshly desires of this world. We ought to live as those that are um, uh, holy unto the Lord. But so even despite the fact that we are strangers and aliens, or we ought to be strangers and aliens in this world, we thank God that we uh, uh, are not that in the body of Christ. And so because we are one household in the Lord. Because we share the life of Christ. We should there should also be a corporate longing, a corporate groaning in the body for the Lord. And then finally, this matter of sojourning, we know that we also have to sojourn by faith and not by sight. We read in Second Corinthians uh, that talks about us and we needing to, we needing to walk by faith, not by sight. We know faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We all know faith is looking unto something unseen at, at the present time that is unseen we're looking unto something it has eternal purpose and value but there's a practical like function of faith because though we are looking forward on we look though we are looking forward towards something something in the future and unseen yet 
because of faith we bring that hope into the present existence. It means faith ought to dictate your present actions. Even though it's a future fulfillment, your present actions by faith that's, that's, that's the practical function and we know Abraham was one who walked by faith as a stranger and alien in the land he was constrained by this vision of a, a future vision of this heavenly city but we also know Abraham on many occasions failed and, 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 by, and walked by sight we, we know not not once but twice he lied about Sarah being his wife so we also know that uh, of course when God had promised him a son uh, then he he took Hagar as his wife and they had Ishmael and that's the fear we have as those are as we're walking it's very easy for us to just look with by sight with our earthly eyes and see the situation in front of us we consider Abraham's situation when God had promised him a son Sarah was very old in age so he had, he had no children he had no children to uh, receive his inheritance here's a woman his wife is okay with it like if we use our earthly minds to logically reason it out it makes sense and, and how easy for us to also be caught up in thinking that oh this must be the will of the Lord one of the questions I think a lot of our, our high schoolers ask is you know in terms of their, their big decision is what, what college to go to and they're always asking how do I know what the will of the Lord is one question that was recently asked which was very interesting is like how do I know that what I um what I think is the will of the Lord is not just really me making it up in my mind because that's what I want. Well, it's easy for us to fall into that trap of rationalizing, reasoning out the situation in front of us. But, but when, uh, when the Lord called Abraham and called us to obey and by faith to take a step, it is taking a step towards things that are unknown. But trusting that the Lord will provide. And even though Abraham's faith was tested and tried, went through the fire, he, went, he, he took step by step, faith by faith, 
failures and triumphs. In the end, he learned that uh, uh, full pure obedience in the Lord. I mean, in a- to answer that question about no one will, we, we need to be in the spirit to understand what the Lord is saying. So the practical response and outcome of faith is pure obedience. Not one of those, okay, I'll do it, um, I'll obey, but only if you do this for me. It's not one of those, um, you know, fine, I'll do it, but I won't like it. That's the, that's the type of obedience I get from my children. <laughs> but pure obedience is one who obeys by faith because you know the goodness of the Father. You know the Father will see you through. You know the Father has a purpose for you. And even though there are sufferings and hardships, the Lord is working something out in you. Even as we sojourn, we sojourn because we have a desire to please the Father. Uh, we see the greatness of our, our Lord Jesus. And we want nothing more than to be part of that greatness. So, as I mentioned, you know, this matter of spiritual growing, it's it's not a cry of hope. I mean, it's not a cry of despair, but it's a cry of hope. Because this groaning of a sojourner, it comes comes about because there ought to be this deep longing for the Lord's return. Because we're sojourners in this world, we know we don't belong here. Our true home is with the Lord in heaven. These earthly bodies, these earthly tents will, will perish. And, and, and we are, are waiting for the, the full manifestation, the full maturation of the sons of God. So while there is that groaning and there is that longing, as we consider that we're reaching another year's end, we have to consider that this is another year that we are waiting for the Lord's return. And we still wait. But the truth is, it's the Lord who is really waiting for us. We keep saying, we we keep saying that using the phrase, oh, we're waiting for the Lord's return. But the truth is, the bridegroom is ready, he's waiting for the bride to be ready. And the Lord Jesus is the one who is really the one longing for his return. He's longing to return for his bride. So are we those that are ready and longing, groaning for the bridegroom to come? I, I was reminded of a question uh, that a brother once asked our, our brother Kong. So I'm paraphrasing the question. But basically he was asking, 
uh, how does one wait and desire um, for the Lord's return? While being a relatively young person, you know, having started a family, 也, has a career, 有, 有这个, uh, 工作, have responsibilities, how does one long and wait and desire for the Lord to return? And, and, I, and, I, and I feel as if, you know, the question is implying, you know, it, it, with all this is happening, I don't know how I can do that. You know, maybe is I don't have time. Or maybe I don't want them. I you know, I, I have all these things I have to do. Um and sometimes I think we're afraid to ask that question. Because you know, maybe we still feel like we have there's so much left to do in this world. So much to look forward to. Especially you young people. You have you have so much to look forward to. So what should be our correct response? So our brother's response not an answer because you know he always says in the you know Lord Jesus But his response was was that if you want to desire for the Lord, you need to see the glory of the coming of the Lord. So when I first heard that, I was like, well, how does that help? If I'm looking for a practical response right now, it's so easy to get into like, I just want to be told, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. If you want me to give this up, I'll give it up. Let go of that, fine. Then I can desire for the Lord's return. But his answer was, you need to see the glory of the coming of the Lord. And as I thought about that answer more, the truth is, there really is no answer I can anybody all of us can give you to do this and do that we can only pray that the Lord would reveal his glory to us that we would see and desire his return because it's glorious and we want to be part of that we need to be constrained by this vision. To seek a vision of his glory. So that so that everything that we feel attached in this earth in this world will just fade away. Compared to his wonderful glory. And so knowing our weakness, we thank the Lord that you know, the Lord helps us in our weakness. Because we read in Romans 8, yeah, verses 26 and 27, we'll just read that to finish. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, 
because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the only answer I can I would give the brother asked me that question, the only answer I could give is well, I have the same weaknesses as you. But thank God he has given us his Holy Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit who is truly the one groaning within. Longing more than you can ever long. Desiring more than you can ever desire. For the coming of the Lord. And so even even though when we pray and we're when we're struggling and learning how to do so, the Holy Spirit is interceding on even the spirits groaning within. That our spirits may testify with the Holy Spirit. That we may cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we we thank you, Lord, for your 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 wonderful promise. That you will return for us one day. We thank you that you did not leave us alone. But you sent your Holy Spirit to be our counselor, to be our counselor, to be our comforter, and to be the seal of our guarantee. We thank you, Lord, that we have such uh, every spiritual blessing in you. And Lord, our desire is to be those that desire and long after you, your return. That we may even consider how we sojourn and walk in these days. And lay aside all the things that we hold so dear. Any attachments to this world. We lay them all aside. For the surpassing value and knowledge of knowing you, Lord. Lord, help us in our weakness. Lord, may you awaken our spirits. So that as we as as your Holy Spirit groans, we may groan along with him. And we may cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We thank you, Lord in Jesus. Amen.